Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, we've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, his wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon who is Uh, it uh guys guys can you like turn that music down i'm here to talk to you about something oh barry your mouth's moving so fast Uh, you're really not, not going fast right now totally normal speed you're harsh in my vibe well can i can i come in i mean i could phase through i guess but i i I have manners you know oh just get alfred alfred get the door it's so loud alfred's too busy cooking up the munchies clark Uh, you can just oh okay I'm, i'm phasing in i'm phasing in let him let him phase in it's always cool okay i'm in now what what in the hell is going on? You, there's, we wasn't good for you guys. I feel bad about this. It's your fault. You introduced it to us. It's, it takes the pain away. Bruce. Some people handle it better than others. It's just, just as a fact of life. I'm sorry. You guys are. It's, it's not good. The world's really going to hell right now. Bruce, there's a lanky red ghost in the room. He just came through the door. No, it's me. It's it's me. I'm not even oh. not even phasing. It's Barry. Barry. Hi, Barry. Barry, you want to sit down and have a nice toke? I'm gonna stand if that's okay. I really feel like I need to be more responsible around you guys because I've. Uh oh, Bruce, look out! Fun police is here. Barry, in all seriousness. This is a better way to take away the pain than crime fighting. I don't know why I didn't do more of this. Now, instead of working on the equipment, Alfred just makes me brownies all the time. It's amazing. This is the life I should have. I heard most of that, but I'm going to turn down the fish concert live tour right now. Aw, don't do that. Put on Iron Butterfly and I got it a Vita, honey. I haven't listened to music since my parents died, so I'm catching up on all the different decades. So, 
a lot of people are dead and oh there's the bat signals been burning out in the sky and uh gordon family has left him because he just sleeps on the rooftop now well that just sucks for him the polar bears have died not due to global warming but rather soups is not feeding him anymore as he enters into the uh oh shit i knew i forgot something not only that lots of actual humans dead also uh it's a lot of the world's gone to hell dark side really is running amok you, you guys even know he's here he's been he's been here dark side Way to kill the vibe, Barry. I thought Lex was going to take care of this stuff. His shiny-ass head. He seems like he always wants to run Metropolis, so I figure, why not let him? And uh, He always wanted to save the world. Well, here's the thing. Right. Darkseid really did a number on Lex. Branded his bald head with an Omega symbol. Oh, he beat me to it. And that just fucked him up. Way more than you would imagine. I have always wanted to do that. Man, Darkseid beat me. It's like really not the point though, you know, you guys? Like, I, I you know what? I, I'm going to go back in time to the point at which I give you guys your first joint. That's that's the new, I shouldn't be doing this every time, but instead, this is the way I save the world. It really is. I will remove the your first joints from your hands. You know, fucking paradoxes be damned. I heard like part of that, but do you do you, Barry. See you See later, you. nerd. Gotta break the rule, Barry. Gotta, like, break the rule. I'm gonna smoke one more. I can smoke and I handle it better than they do. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Stretch, kung fu moves, and... It's just the image I'm concerned about, Barry. You know what? I think you're right, Soups. I will walk the straight and narrow. I will stop smoking weed. And I will take this baggie away from you and Bruce right away. You see, Bruce, I knew he'd straighten up once this here Boy Scout gave him a good talking to. Well, I'm glad we've been spending our time on this rather than Dark Side. Let's go back to work, Clark. Well, this hero stuff really pays off. Welcome, everyone, to a special edition of Superhero Stuff You Should Know. I hope you have your Flash snacks ready, because we are going to dive into The Flash. Today is I, the man who knows too much about Batman, talking about The Flash, Ben Juan, and with me are... Man, you guys, we're joined here today by Ben Atavius, and he is a man of such scruples. We cannot be go... It cannot go unsaid <laughs> that he... It is... <laughs> the day of his birth. Many <laughs> oh, happy returns, <laughs> Benatavius. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Could not think of a better way to celebrate than uh, coming on the show and talking about a completely different hero than my favorite one. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's called being an adult. Yeah, I guess so. And then uh, our, one of our favorite guests, of course, is... Is I, Zachary yes. Jackson Brown. And yes. again, yes, happy... Uh, birthday to Ben Juan, uh, who's only one year older than me, so I'm still the youngest. Hopefully, the last to die. All right. <laughs> we'll see you about yeah, that. Hopefully, we'll hey. see you about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I'm excited today because we've covered Batman, we covered Wonder Woman and Themyscira. The next person who officially joins the Justice League in the movie is The Flash. And this is our very first episode, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, this is our very first episode on The Flash, I believe. Solely on The Flash. That is correct, Benetavius. So... Again, like we've mainly talked about the Flash in the context of the Justice League, but never really done a deep dive on him. And so today's episode is called "Why the Flash Runs Like That" and other Flash facts. <laughs> why, so, does he, why does Ezra Miller flail, flail his arms as such? <laughs> You'll find out. You'll find out. So uh, apologies, I don't actually have a Flash T-shirt like Dustin Lee Massey did in our Snyder vs. Oh, Whedon yeah. series. I don't either. But no. he's going to be sharing the screen with the uh, the Michael Keaton Batman in the Andy Muschietti film, so I'm just going to wear the Michael Keaton shirt for this. So, Always it's an appropriate apropos, substitute. A man of such scruples. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, before we begin, I want to talk, mostly a lot of the first half will be on the character in the comics and the general history of him, before we dive specifically into the DCEU version in the one by Zack Snyder and Ezra Miller. But before we begin, I wanted to see, what is your history with The Flash? When did you become... A fan of the character do you have a favorite version i guess we can start with uh, zach uh so i guess my first introduction to the flash was that actually through the justice league tv show and uh mm-hmm. i don't remember the 90s tv series i remember seeing it later in walmart actually like the dvd collection of it and i was like oh that's weird i've never seen that before but uh i was familiar <laughs> with him through the uh, justice league show and then justice league unlimited and I did actually, uh, I liked the first couple seasons of Grant Gustin's Flash, the CW Flash show. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, my, my favorite version is still, uh, what is it, Michael Rosenbaum and voicing him in the Justice League. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's still my favorite one. Gotcha. Andrew? Yeah, I, I, was, I had maybe seen like a commercial for the original 90s one. Uh, the one with uh, Mark Hamill as Trickster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never watched it. And um, I just always kind of thought... I wasn't super into The Flash to begin with. But uh, I don't know. Like in the past 10 years or so, uh, the CW show was great. At least the first couple of seasons or, or more. Uh, I forget where it kind of falls fell off for me. But um, I think a big selling point for me and this is maybe just me, is that it's it's a guy that runs fast, but they insert so much sci-fi bullshit into it, <laughs> which which it's pseudoscience. The speed force is complete, utter bullshit. <laughs> but, but it's bullshit we love, right? It, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a type of uh, pseudoscience that's perfect for the comics. But, I you know, it's like how Ant-Man goes into the quantum realm and that kind of shit. You get into, like, you know, uh, faster-than-light travel, uh, turning back time, all kinds of, like, sci-fi ideas. Like, some characters like Shazam are more magic-based, like in Wonder Woman and mm-hmm. Aquaman too, to a large degree. And then a lot of characters are science-based, like Superman and The Flash. And I do personally kind of lean more towards the science ones, but I love, I love them all. But um, I, I appreciate them trying to infuse... Even if it's bullshit, it's fun, right? It's this right. comics. It's supposed to supposed to be read for fun. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's what I really like about it. And the Justice League, I've seen all the Justice League cartoon as well, and um, he's he's great in that. He's great in Injustice. 
So, yeah. Yeah. I think as well, the Justice League cartoon was my first introduction. I mean, I'd already knew the iconography. I knew the costume. I had read a few Flash comics growing up because they were part of, the, of a collection. But I don't think I really became a fan until the CW show had come out because I had been already watching Arrow. And they're just like, hey, we're going to bring on Barry Allen in an episode. And I'm like, well, that seems a little weird considering Arrow seems very much grounded in reality crime drama, Christopher Nolan, Dark Knight trilogy-esque type of stuff. But then it was exciting because it's like, well, guess what? Now we're going to branch out and be more comic booky. And then the first season hit and just the level of emotion that like, that's why that show is such a hit and and sort of elevated the flash in terms of status because of the fact that people were, you know, you got Kevin Smith promoting it and crying at the end of each episode (laughs) on that because it is, it's just so emotional. Part of it's the weed, frankly, but um, it must be, man, (laughs) but they were great in terms of finding a level of poignancy and also showing like, Hey, DC isn't always dark. Sometimes it's just fun, but also very poignant and emotional, especially the scenes with him and John Wesley Shipp as his dad. And I think that's when I was really like, okay, what are the original comics like? What is this all based off of? Because Arrow kind of got me into like trying to read more about Green Arrow, similar thing with The Flash. And that's also when I started tuning into or trying to find uh, the 90s John Wesley Shipp Flash. And I've loved what I've seen of it. I have not been able to watch the entire thing uh, because I was watching on DC Universe and then that part's gone. It's not on HBO Max yet, unfortunately. But I really love the John Wesley Ship Flash costume. That's probably still my favorite Flash costume in live action. It kind of evokes the Michael Keaton bat suit uh, with uh, the sort of sculpted... It's got the sort of the sculpted muscle type of look in it, but it definitely feels like the Flash come to life from the comics. And uh, I think it's about time that he showed up on the uh, big screen, even though I'm a big Batman fan. I do think it's a bit of a shame that he kind of has to share it with (laughs) all these other heroes in his (laughs) first uh, outing. And uh, it would be like if the first Batman movie had come out, but they're just like, hey, we're also bringing in Christopher Reeve and uh, Dean Cain into the same movie. Then you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. But like people wouldn't care so much about Batman being Mm -hmm. in at that point. Right. So... As an introduction, I'm going to go into sort of the general comic book history of the character before going into the specific Snyderverse. Ben, hold on, real real quick. Pause there, real quick, because the CW show they go like you said from Arrow to Weather Wizard. (laughs) The first episode was Weather Wizard. Let's not let lest we forget, y'all. Yeah, (laughs) it could have. It could, they could have been, like, Captain Cold because, like, yeah. it's a freeze gun. You could explain yeah. that with science. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Screw that. We He's got a gonna, guy who runs fast. This guy that runs fast is going to make a tornado around him. <laughs> <laughs> around that weather wizard. <laughs> they, were, they were, like, right out the gate. We're going to be a little silly. Yeah. It'll Which be is, fine. I think it was yeah. needed because it was sort of 2008 when the MCU comes out through about 2015 when the you know 2014 2015 when the flash comes out that's kind of where you see this changeover from like adaptations where they're just like yeah we don't want it too comic bookly we don't want it too unrealistic we got to ground it in reality and give you know the fantastic four these uniform suits not the actual fantastic four suits in the josh trank movie and that type of stuff and then mcu is just like eh, we're gonna show you the comic book stuff and then gradually the transfers over to dc where they're just like uh guess what arrow is now an Arrowverse. now there's multiple shows and there's time travel and there's aliens and there's multiple dimensions and you're just like this is not how it originally started but i love that it branched out into that 
and didn't just because it could have just been Arrow for you know all eight seasons and that was it, no spinoffs. So but I was said they created something. I was listening to a lot of Kevin Smith at the time, still do, mm-hmm. but I, you know he he talks all the time. Of course, he's Kevin Smith, but like I was there, you can kind of hear when he first heard about King Shark. <laughs> he's like, wait, wait, wait! Like so, it was um. Uh, Jason Muse, I think that, that oh, was yeah? like that told him about it. And he was like, "Wait, mm-hmm. King Shark is in this?" Yes, he like couldn't believe how <laughs> silly they had gone, and that's what got him hooked was mm-hmm. fucking King Shark, <laughs> which I thought's hilarious. But it's funny, <laughs> like people people love the silly people. Yeah. You know, look how look how it spawned like twenty million shows. You know, how many shows we got on CW like that are that that Arrowverse only. Right. Only Arrow is the one that's not silly. So, like, it's a testament to people really do. There's a there's room for the silly, and there's room for a, a for a dark, gritty Flash too. I think people might hate me for saying that, but <laughs> I don't want it to be the definitive only version. But there's right. room. There's wiggle room to make all types of these kinds of characters. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so let's dive into the sort of a brief history overview of the character, especially if our audience isn't as familiar with them, since a lot of us have gone over Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. Uh, but the first time Flash showed up in the comics was in Flash Comics number one in 1940, but it wasn't this Flash. It was Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick is the original Flash from the Golden Age. And just to show you what he looks like, I'm just going to undo the cover. And you can see the original Jay Garrick Flash right there. He's got sort of this sweater uh, with a big lightning bolt, and he's got that Hermes helmet with uh basically a, a big giant tin bowl on his head yeah you say helmet i say bowl head <laughs> it's classy uh so jay garrick here was created by gardner fox and our artist harry lampert and gardner fox is significant because we covered in the justice league origin episode he was the one who created the batarang and he was the one who wrote the first justice league story so he is yeah represented here in the movie because the truck that crashes into iris has the name gardner fox on the side the only guy so, in comics with a better name than him is our man marv marv wolf yeah. <laughs> yeah. gardner fox there's yes. no way you're not going to be successful with that name <laughs> it is it's a great name it's, it's a, a great name great and name i'm glad snyder Pay tribute to him by having that on the side mm-hmm. of the truck because he's he wrote the first Justice League. He came up with Flash, and it's in yeah. Flash's origin. It's like it's the perfect name to put as an Easter egg. And it's also appropriate that Flash, of all things, he wants to keep Batman's Batarang, where he's just like, can I keep this? Because Gardner Fox <laughs> created that too. Oh shit! So, really? Yeah, he created hey. the Batarang. Well, so slap me silly and call me, <laughs> call me Barry. I'll slap you with a Batarang. So. Uh, <laughs> In the Flash comics number 98, they started a feature called Flash Facts, which inspired part of the title of this episode. It would give educational facts to readers about science. Uh, And this would carry over into the stories where Flash would quote, quote unquote, Flash Facts in terms of knowing certain science or scientific facts to use against the villains. So any sort of different ways to go up against them. When the CW show was coming out, I yeah. really wanted, and I posted this on Reddit several times. I wanted like Neil deGrasse Tyson to show up in bumpers and being like, "Time for your flash facts, everybody." Uh, <laughs> and go over the science. Half of you hate me because I actually give real science out, but for the rest of you, you know what I mean. I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Here's some flash facts. That would actually have been awesome. Universe. Yeah. 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 Or like, connect it with the next season of Cosmos or. 
something, you know, the si- mm-hmm. really, really worked at science angle. Especially when they first worked in time travel into the yeah. first season. Yeah. And also yeah. just the amazing fact they worked time travel into the first season. The first season could have yeah. just been him fighting criminals and it would have been fine. But they're just like, no, we're going to go all the way. Time travel. Reverse Flash is the villain. He's taking over this guy's face. There's crossovers. And I'm like, right. this is just the first season. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's kind of no wonder that that's considered to be the best season because I feel like they put all of their best ideas in that one. And then oh. afterwards, they're just like, well... Now what do we do? <laughs> Great finale too. Just ended, oh, amazing. ended perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Now I want to sort of rewatch some of the but yeah. the most famous flash and the most relevant to today that we're talking about, the one in the CW show, the one in Zack Snyder's Justice League, is Barry Allen, as we see on the cover here and over here. Uh they explained that uh, you know, sort of the the reason why there's a different Flash is that there are different Earths, and this is why there is a DC multiverse. It is all thanks to the Flash. It's explained that Barry Allen is the Flash of Earth-1, and Jay Garrick is the Flash of Earth-2. And this was revealed in 1961 in the Flash number 123 called The Flash of Two Worlds, also written by Gardner Fox. So we have him to thank for the entire DC multiverse, and it's really thanks to him that we now have this Flash movie that has both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton Batman in it. So, uh, on Earth-1, where Barry's from, Jay Garrick is a comic book character called The Flash. And Barry Allen is a huge fan of the Flash and, you know, aspires to be him. And once he gets the powers, he's like, well, I'm just going to name myself after my favorite superhero in the comics and call myself the Flash. Not knowing that Jay Garrick is a real guy on another Earth. It's a little convenient. He doesn't even know about Earth at this point. Yeah. I love that kind of meta shit, though. Morrison, <laughs> Mor- Grant Morrison has a field day with that shit. That's oh, amazing. Yeah. You know, like one of the one of the Earths in the multiverse is the actual universe that, comic book. We're yeah. in, that we're in, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it gets wild. We're technically in the worst one, then. <laughs> we don't have superheroes, really. In, in this multiverse, all the other heroes are just comic book characters. You know, yeah. like, it's, yeah, it's wild. We have Phoenix Jones, and that's about it. Yeah, that's true in Seattle, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so this kind of stays true. We see Flash is kind of the fanboy of the Justice League. He loves superheroes. This is carried over to Zack Snyder's Justice League, where he wants the Batarang, and he calls Superman his hero, so this stays relatively true. Uh, he first appears in the comic Showcase Number 4 from 1956, and this is shown here. I'm going to show it for our YouTube audience. Uh, this is Showcase Number 4, and it was called Mystery of the Human Thunderbolt. <laughs> so the writer was Robert Kaniger, the inker was Joe Kubert, and the artist was... Andrew's favorite Italian, Carmine Infantino. Oh, uh, hell yeah. What's well, such a good name. A name of consequence. <laughs> so Carmine, Carmine Infantino. <laughs> Carmine How can is you not pay the co-creator. <laughs> homage to him? How do you not render unto the Caesar? That is Carmine Infantino. <laughs> so he is the he's not a mobster, he is the co-creator of the Barry Allen Flash. But he's involved with early DC shit though. So <laughs> Alan Moore might have to might say he's part of the mob. Well, I don't know enough to make maybe, any claims maybe, online yeah. right now, so I'm yes. going to disclaim that one. Okay. Uh, so his origin is that while Jay Garrick in the original Flash comics was only just sort of exposed to certain chemicals that gave him super speed, Barry is in the crime lab because he works as a police scientist, and a bolt of lightning hits him and the chemicals there, and the combination of the lightning and the chemicals gives him the super speed. Now... This brings up an interesting question that I think we brought up during the Snyder versus Whedon discussion, which is that 
in both Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League, Barry Allen is not a police scientist. He doesn't even have a job in the crime lab until the very end of Justice League when he's already yeah. the Flash and he's hmm. already part of the Justice League. So how did he become the Flash? We'll that get was there. The, that was my question. Yeah. Yes. So we'll get there when we talk about the Ezra Miller Flash because okay. I have a theory on that. Uh, the same issue that introduces Barry also introduces Barry's main love interest, the equivalent of his Lois Lane, who is Iris West. So she shows up, and her first remark is on how Barry is always late, which is something that has carried over <laughs> into all the adaptations. He's late to the job interview in the Zack Snyder's Justice League, and he's late in the beginning of the Flash pilot on the CW. So this is definitely carried over as a general character trait. Uh, in the comic, Iris West is the very first person he saves with his super speed. Kind of like in the movie, she's the very first person that we see him save in this continuity. Uh, however, she does not notice that Barry used his super speed uh, on it. He kind of does it, and this is before he even creates the costume and all that. This is when he's just sort of gotten his powers and doesn't know what to do with them yet. Like Lois Lane, she is a reporter and does not know that Barry Allen is the Flash. Typical. And this... Yes, this gets very <laughs> typical to how comics were written at the time. Yeah, they had a type, <laughs> for sure. Uh, oh, this but gets... she's a redhead, so it's totally different. <laughs> she's totally really? different from Lois Lane. She's got a certain fire, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, Superman has Lois Lane, Batman has Vicky Vale, and The Flash has Iris West. Uh, out of those three, I think Vicky Vale got the short end of the stick because like, yeah. all the others are, are like the main... Like, those are his, their soulmates for the superhero. Meanwhile, Batman's still basically a player until it comes to marrying Catwoman. So, right. uh, this gets complicated in terms of Barry and Iris because in The Flash number 110, Barry meets her nephew, Wally West. And Wally is a huge Flash fan, and he requests, like, hey, tell me how you got your powers. And the Flash is like, well, how about I show you? So, he sets up the same chemicals. From the, from the night, and then by sheer coincidence, lightning strikes and hits this kid into the chemicals, and Barry's like, oh my god. Please tell me there's a line that's like, I guess lightning does strike twice. <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz. I'll have to take a look and see when we go through the break. But now Wally West has the same exact powers as Barry Allen, and Barry's like, well, I know what to do with this kid. I'll make him me. He'll basically turn him into Mini-Me. So he All right, he's him... going to wear a brighter red outfit and just kind of go there before I do. Just kind of clear out the place. That, that's got a good idea going on. <laughs> to, be, to be fair to Barry, Wally's, Wally's costume is the same shade of red in the very beginning. Okay, he actually good. wore a red costume in the beginning. So there were two. Huh. I'm showing it right now. There are two red flashes in the beginning. It's basically Big Flash and Mini Flash. Oh, uh, that's how they originally Are they like. fighting a dinosaur? They are. I'm going to go into I'm going to go into I'm going to go into that actually. I love that. I mean, I love it when they just get silly, man. I, I like the silly, like I said. So, yeah. uh Flash and Kid Flash are basically the new Batman and Robin, but they're speedsters. And the next significant story is the Flash number 120 called The Land of the Golden Giants. And they end up, they're on an expedition with Iris and some other scientists, and they end up, there's this big earthquake, and, and they find themselves encountering cavemen and dinosaurs, and Wally's like, how are these people still around? And Barry points out, oh, they're not around in present day. We've traveled 25 million years into the past due, due to that vibrational earthquake. So okay. what do we have to do to get back home? 
they decide to take Iris and the civilians and they grab them and along with them, as the earthquake is about to kill all of them, they speed, basically, they use their speed to duplicate the vibrations of that earthquake in order to travel back in time to the present. And that is the very first time that both Barry Allen and Wally West time travel and the introduction of time travel into the world of the Flash. And it's all thanks okay. to this. This is pioneered wow. by writer John Broom, who is thanked in the credits of both Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League, probably due to this. Uh, also, Carmine Infantino is back in this issue, so he's partially responsible yeah. for time travel, mm-hmm. and the inks were by Joe uh, Giella. Uh, Infantino uh, might have a better <laughs> name than Marv Wolfman. Actually, yeah, no. that's true. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, if we're ranking DC names, it's Infantino at the top, Infantino, then Wolfman, yeah. and then Gardner Fox. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so a few issues later, <laughs> in does not approve. <laughs> Do you have Wolfman. are there better names you like? Wolfman is at the top for sure. <laughs> it's you Marv. Think is better than Marv Wolfman. It's true. Yeah. It's a combination of Marv and then Wolfman. <laughs> yeah, but I still Carmine Infantino. Such consequence. <laughs> you just see him smoking cigars. He's like drawing and like, yeah, this will be good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he rules an empire. I'll tell so, you, if, if DC issues... Comics has taught me anything, it's that chemicals are not dangerous, but they will give you superpowers. They give you superpowers, Or yeah. turn you into a character, you know. Just fall into them at any time and it'll be okay. Yeah. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. So the next up that I'm going to talk about is this, which is coming from The Flash number 125 in 1961 called Conquerors of Time. And that's where Barry says, like, hey, since we have the capability of going back into the past and we can time travel i built this and it's the cosmic treadmill this is the first instance of the cosmic treadmill which is what they typically use the time travel however as we saw in the previous issue they're perfectly capable of traveling in time using their speed uh so in this issue they each go to a different part in time kid uh basically he goes barry goes to the future in the year 2287 and wally west goes 100 million years into the past to meet these dinosaurs again uh, so nice. we talked about the Cosmic Treadmill being playing a role in Justice League 2 and 3 in our coverage of that. Check that out if you haven't already, where uh, Cyborg helps Barry create that and Batman create that so that Barry can go back in time and warn them and, and prevent the Nightmare timeline. Uh, so skipping ahead, these were sort of the adventures of the Flash. He met a whole bunch of stuff, but they're not as relevant compared to this next part, which is that Barry Allen supposedly meets his demise in 1985 in the event crisis on infinite earth brought to us by marv wolfman and he runs and basically disintegrates in order to stop the anti-monitor and as a result his protege wally west decides to graduate from being kid flash to becoming the flash uh this is one of the more major times where the sidekick ends up becoming the actual superhero and is the main cri- uh, main flash for post-crisis which is partially why the flash in the dc animated universe is not barry allen It's Wally West. The Michael Rosenbaum uh, Flash is actually Wally. Uh, Now, this doesn't actually last because Grant Morrison is like, well, I like Barry Allen, so I'm bringing him back. But he doesn't bring him back until 23 years later. So for 23 years, Wally West is the main... uh, I mean, there was some time after uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, but you get it. Like 23 years after his death in comics, Barry Allen officially comes back in 2008's Final Crisis in order to join Wally and the Justice League in fighting Darkseid. And now he's back for good. 
Uh, and when he came back, they decided to do some other significant thing, and that was to his origin. And that was that in 2009, they introduced the idea that when Barry was young, his mother was murdered. And his father went to jail. So this is By the really way, new. Up just, Justice League 3, they got their name for the movie. Like they had Avengers Endgame. If they release Justice League Final Crisis. Final like, Crisis. Yes. Fuck, this selling a billion tickets, dude. Just on that name. I know there's power in a name. <laughs> Justice League colon Final Crisis. Dude, it fucking sells itself. You know what the fan name is for Justice League 2 with the Injustice League? What is it? Injustice. Oh, Injustice, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Justice League 2, Injustice. Well, they got to get to Kingdom Come eventually, too. Okay, so if they follow Avengers, 3 and 4 are connected, right? So 3 is Final Crisis, and then somehow they get to Kingdom Come. For the <laughs> I don't know. I'm making bullshit up. But DC's okay. got great names. Endgame yes. was a great name, too. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so the Barry Allen has this new backstory with his mother getting murdered and his father thrown into jail because of that. Uh, and this is in The Flash Rebirth. Now, this gets confusing because this, this is 2009. This is not the DC Rebirth timeline. Uh, right. This is yeah, just called right. The Flash Rebirth. Yes, yes, yes. And people wonder why more people don't get into comics. It's probably because it's confusing <laughs> as fuck just to get into, find, like, where do you start? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was written by Jeff Johns, and the art was by Ethan Van Skyver. And uh, this initially seemed to have a continuity issue because they're just like, well, wait, Barry's parents are shown to be alive in a lot of the previous stories. They're even alive in the 90s Flash show of John Wesley Shipp. And it was revealed the reason why there's that continuity error is because Barry's nemesis, the reverse Flash, traveled back in time and killed Barry's mom. So everything we saw before was from the timeline before reverse Flash did that. Uh, so if you've seen the CW show, you, of course, know that aspect. Uh, one thing to note, the artist Ethan Van Skyver is a very controversial comic book figure. I'm not going to get too much into why, but Snyder, critics of Snyder have went after Zack Snyder for having Ethan Van Skyver's name into the credits as a thank you uh, for that. But here are my counter arguments. One, Snyder also thanked Jeff Johns, who, as we've covered, clearly you know, was not uh, his biggest supporter during this time. It seems that Snyder was giving credit where credit was due to the people involved with the stories they were drawing off of, regardless of their actual personal lives. Uh, and the second thing is that none of those critics brought up the fact that Ethan Van Skyver was also thanked in Justice League. Oh, so right. he's thanked at both so people versions. People just want to hate on, on Snyder, even though... Yeah. This is Nobody like, brought that up. Yeah. Yeah, weird, almost like political party kind of shit. Um yeah. In, in a word or a sentence, what is he under fire for? Because I have absolutely no idea, actually. Yeah, uh, it's there's basically a uh, some of his comments from the past uh, that people have sort of drawn into. I guess this whole thing called Comics Gate. I don't want to get too much in, into. It. There's uh, a lot of okay. Uh, Sexist. If, if you heard of that, yeah. Uh, okay. Basically, a lot of. In general, as usual, if a lot of a lot of things or people are controversial these days are due to certain prejudices that may have or seem like they're prejudiced on these things. Again, I don't know Van Skyver personally, uh, and I haven't really I'm not too familiar with him outside of the actual comics that I've read of his, so I don't really know much about him as a person. But I, I do know that there was a controversy that his name was in the credits of Zack Snyder's Justice League, even though it's it's basically because he was part of this arc that introduced this idea. It wasn't because He's buddy-buddy with Zack Snyder. Because Zack Snyder is not buddy-buddy with Jeff Johns, as we saw. But he still mm -hmm. thanked him. 
in that. Right, right, right. Well, everybody remember these words that I'm about to say. I will have to do a little bit more research before I make an opinion. Nah, I don't like that. <laughs> you should be you should be feeding off your emotions. Your well, that's also why instinct. I can't really say that much about it because I don't know that much. I just know I'm aware of the general like tagline of a controversy, but I don't really I haven't read what was actually said. So I I just wanted to bring up the fact that this was sort of a hypocritical criticism, I think, of the of the Snyder cut on this. Zach's like, do more research. <laughs> Something about that doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be uh, blissfully ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> so, other than oh, the Van Skyver thing, was there anything that I covered that was, in terms of tidbits, that you didn't know before? I didn't Sorry, know that, that uh, the, uh, sure, I didn't know that the idea of his mother being murdered by reverse flash was such a new concept. I guess for some reason, I just assumed that it was always part of his story. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I remember that I thought was like, a little silly that I, they I mean, they still even had it in the animated series or the justice league series was his costume being stored in a little ring that would pop out. Cause <laughs> yeah, I always yes. thought like, man, that's so crazy. But then, you know, I like I awesome. joked, <laughs> I, well, I joked during justice league. I was like, well, how the hell does anybody get into their costumes? You know, Alfred is zipping <laughs> Batman up at least, but look at Barry's costume. It's got like wires and shit wrapped around it. It's on that mannequin. But how does he, get his body into that costume so you know maybe the little fabricy ring thing is not so far-fetched well remember he can vibrate into things well that's true you know, he's also be got interesting. super speed so you know he's yeah. gonna be the fastest out of anybody to change into that no matter how complicated it is yeah yeah like that's right. like only he could get in the costume that would be kind of an interesting idea that he has to vibrate to get into it. it's not just like someone could steal it and put it on or something Bruce has, like, the mech armor he's trying to put it on. He's like, Barry, a little help. <laughs> just, just put it on me. That would be funny. Like, I'm going to trust you. You seem like a good guy. <laughs> All right, Andrew, My anything that was new? The Skyver, Shiver stuff, totally new for me. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. We'll do more research later on that. Uh, and... Um, just i know morrison's big on the flash i think he said in his book super gods um that he said the flash is his favorite and i think that's because as we all know he loves trippy shit thinking about crazy concepts that's also why i i think ezra miller's kind of a funny pick for this because he, mm-hmm. he seems like a pothead <laughs> <laughs> that's why i play him like that in the sketches by the way um look at his interviews it does seem like that and it seemed like he was writing with morrison for a bit before a script yeah before muschetti came on or something Mm -hmm. so it was like two potheads writing about the flash which is hilarious i think that shows some promise (laughs) (laughs) honestly i think it does um and uh what was the other stuff oh he gets he catches the batarang in the movie and Kid Flash also was big into just collecting shit and Young Justice. I know it's a different oh, yeah, character, true. but mm-hmm. um, it's interesting. There's like this collecting thing going on with the Flash, which I find interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, the Flash is is it, it's way more interesting than than I originally thought because I mm-hmm. just thought he just fucking ran fast, and I'm sure a lot of people think that. Well, maybe and, Justice and League pushes movie. people. And pushes people. Yeah. Thank you, Whedon. <laughs> I, think I, knew, I think I knew he phased through walls, which I think is cool. And I do think you need 
something called the speed force also to make up for like how does he save people he's gonna break their necks or they're gonna go through think of like a thousand g-force you know on you there must be some pseudoscience thing to explain that kind of thing so how he does not have bugs in his teeth all the time yeah that kind of like superman flying like yeah 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 superman i I don't know it's explained that he sort of has this energy around him that protects him from that because when he sort of disintegrates in Crisis on Infinite Earths, the first thing he notices is, is that that it's sort of weakening and no longer around him and he's starting to burn up. So right, I think that's right, that's right. what prevents him from uh, that. And so if he's he's ca- if he's holding on to somebody, I think that might extend to that person, and therefore he and that person are uh, protected the whole time. He doesn't just super speed and they're just literal like bones and blood because he just took them at too fast of a speed I, I think they're protected by that i think that's their explanation yeah it must be something to do with that and i think mm-hmm. the speed force itself is supposed and we went on this in another episode but it's supposed to be like think of like the weak and strong electromagnetic forces and actual physics gravity mm-hmm. it's supposed to be in the dc storytelling something inherent to the universe universe's makeup mm-hmm. uh and the speedsters tap into that. So, yeah, I don't know. Just fun comic book shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say, I'm a big fan of the reverse Flash's outfit. Yellow yeah. is my like favorite yellow. color. Yeah, so I always liked his costume and, and Kid Flash's costume a little bit better. I don't know why. I, I will say, a villain in an all-yellow costume still being menacing is impressive that's yes that's true that's very true <laughs> yeah i i feel the, the fact they pulled way. that off in the cw show i was like okay <laughs> like this guy yeah. is legit <laughs> yellow is not menacing at all um mm. it can maybe pass for sickly or like what they do yeah. with the yellow like with fear yellow ring yeah but mm-hmm. uh with yellow with the reverse flash it, it is uh what do you call it? It's a hurdle. It's a writing <laughs> hurdle, and they do it yeah. well, though I think it's so. Yeah, yeah it's so well yeah. done. Maybe part of it's the red eyes as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a big yes. part of it. Yeah, so that could be part of it. And Green Lantern uh, can't stop him, so <laughs> I can't even look at. I, him. I can't help that's you out right. there. <laughs> God damn it! Somebody else go get him. <laughs> so let's go into the. Staff? <laughs> let's go into the history of the Flash actors. So, uh, fun Flash fact. The first Barry Allen on film is technically Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you God know what, what I'm referencing? Damn. That In, time that he no. fucking uh, left that iceberg? That time? No, different away? movie. In Steven Spielberg's <laughs> Catch Me If You Can, Leonardo DiCaprio plays Frank Abagnale, who's a notorious con man, took on different disguises. And when Tom Hanks' FBI agent catches up to him, Frank poses as another, basically, investigator and takes the name Barry Allen because he's a big fan of Flash comics, as planned earlier in the movie. Mm. So he tells Tom Hanks, I'm Barry Allen, and Hanks, ca- Hanks's character does not realize until later on that that's a fake name because Barry Allen is the Flash, but he doesn't read comic books, and so Tom Hanks's character should have been listening to superhero stuff you should know uh, wow. during that's that right. time. But that's since right. it's set during like the 70s and 80s, he probably was at a disadvantage. But anyway... That is technically the first time we heard the name character introduce himself as Barry Allen Great on movie. the big screen and have it be related to The Flash. That movie also has a very young Amy Adams who gets engaged to uh, Frank's Whoa, character, to Leonardo DiCaprio's damn. character. Hmm. So uh, that's technically the first film, Barry Allen. But came out Ezra- the same year as Minority <laughs> Report. Spielberg was killing it that year. And such different movies, too. It's totally different. Yeah. 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 
So uh, Ezra Miller is uh, the first Flash on the big screen, but is the fifth actor to play Barry Allen in live action. Uh, the very first actor to play the Flash on screen is named Rod Hossey and the notorious special The Legends of the Superheroes, <laughs> <laughs> co-starring Adam West and Burt Ward in the 70s. So even when he first showed up in live action, he was playing second best to second fiddle to a returning Batman in the cowl. So <laughs> that is just Barry's luck, I guess. Uh, he did not get his own thing until the 90s with John Wesley Shipp playing uh, Barry Allen. And this is 1990, so keep in mind that at the time, uh, Barry Allen was already dead. Wally West was the main Flash, but because right, 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 you know Barry Allen had is the mainstay Flash. They just went with his name and just incorporated some of Wally West's uh, characteristics into him during that time. Okay. Uh, the show only had one season, and it had, as we noted, Mark Hamill as the Trickster before he was mm-hmm. cast as the Joker. So that's kind of an early look, and probably the closest you will ever get to seeing Mark Hamill as the Joker in live action. Uh, and it also had music by Danny Elfman as well as Shirley Walker from Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elfman and Walker were collaborators, which is natural considering that uh, Elfman's Batman theme makes it into the Batman the Animated Series, and then Walker Walker does a lot of the uh, music for that. Quick note is I believe The Flash is the only superhero to get two different themes from Danny Elfman. Elfman not only did the 1990s Flash theme, but he came back to do Justice League and gave Flash his own theme in that. Uh, while he also did score the 2003 Ang Lee Hulk film, I don't think he gave Hulk his own theme when he did the music for Avengers Age of Ultron. I think he mainly just, they only just gave the themes of the Avengers, with some exception of, of calling back to some of the past uh, themes for the other superheroes, but not... Uh, Hulk giving giving Hulk his own theme, and then of course, as as we've all talked about in Justice League, he repeated his Batman theme. He didn't give a new Batman theme to Affleck. Um, I'm honestly surprised he didn't use his '90s theme because I do like that one better than the one he gave to Ezra Miller in Justice League. But oh well. Anyway, he might be the only superhero to have two different themes from Danny Elfman. Uh, now, here's where we get a little. It's a little complicated. On Smallville, actor Kyle Gallner played. Bart Allen, who in the comics is the superhero Impulse, and is Barry Allen's grandson. However, when he first appeared, he had multiple aliases, that which were Jay Garrick, Barry Allen, and Wally West, technically making him all of the Flashes in that universe. Uh, this was later retconned in the Smallville comics to say that Bart Allen just had speed force memories of the other Flashes and just put those <laughs> down in there, which I like because it leaves the possibility that there are these other Flashes in that continuity. Which one was he, though, really? He was he was supposed to be Bart. He was supposed to be Impulse. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, next one is we almost got Barry Allen as the Flash and Wally West as the Flash in George Miller's Justice League Mortal with Adam Brody as Barry Allen. Adam Brody would then go on to be in Shazam. And uh, the late Anton Yelchin was going to be uh, Wally West, who would be Kid Flash and then become the flash at the end r.i.p man uh, that's so sad dude yeah every time i think about that it wasn't like a it, it, let's just say it wasn't his own fault you know it's just a sad yeah. hollywood death fucking random random shit and he would have been great as wally west both of them would have yeah. been great as barry and and wally and yeah. uh actress zoe kazan was going to be iris in that so it was definitely the heart was de- the flash was definitely the heart of justice league mortal is that that yeah, um is that the kid from star trek and was yeah, he one of the X-Men uh, movies? that's that's correct mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
2014, we of course got Grant Gustin for The Flash. He first appeared in Arrow, and uh, it, his arc ended with him getting hit by lightning, and then the Flash pilot obviously expanded on that, gave him his own main cast uh, and his costume, and had him fight Weather Wizard, as Andrew noted. <laughs> Uh, Start starting right off the bat with the, with the start this party with a bang. Yeah, <laughs> with a bang. So the CW show, I think, gets credit for boosting the Flash's popularity. I, I feel like this is how most people were introduced to the Flash these days, uh, especially the other powers that were beyond super speed, uh, like the time travel. Especially that was a big part of the first season. But also a big significant change is that it changed Iris West's ethnicity. She was cast, uh, an African-American actress was cast in the role named Candace Patton. How dare they? Subsequently, that made her <laughs> and Wally West both African-American. And so the casting of Kirstie Clemens in the Snyderverse, as seen in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and she's coming back in the Muschietti film in 2022, uh, that casting is almost a reflection of that taking note from the CW-verse. And uh, the Iris West featured in the animated film Justice Society World War II, which came out this year, reflects this change and also has a black Iris West. So I believe that this is a uh, ethnicity change that's probably going to stick. Uh, and then we finally get to the Flash we're talking about today, the one played by Ezra Miller, first appearing in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, then a cameo in Suicide Squad, and then different cuts of Justice League before the upcoming film, The Flash. And we're going to go specifically into this version of The Flash after the break. See Woo! you then. Hi, I'm Ray, and this is my friend Alex. Hi. And we do a show called No More Whoppers. Some call it corn, we call it therapy. We're adults with the virility of men. Want to hear us read snack food copy and talk about Japanese chips? Too bad! Join us every month or so on the Greenlight Podcast Network. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Anatoly, it's glad you're here in my magical cap. Da, da, comrade wizard. I, uh, I'm very grateful to be here. I, I, I'm looking for a new hand. You see, I, I chopped mine off, and I need a new one. Oh, indeed. What would you like for your hand? Perhaps a coconut? Perhaps a tree stump? Or would you rather have a tentacle? Uh, no, no, and all of those, uh, they suck. Uh, I, I want, I want a gun. Uh, uh, preferably high caliber. Oh, my word, I don't believe that you need a gun for a hand, indeed. I think that, that is too violent. It was a cold war, it never really got hot, and I believe you'd need to stay that way. You're saying I'm not hot? Non-violent. Oh, non-violent, oh, okay. Perhaps a juice mixer for a hand. That would come in handy. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm still the KG Beast. It is, it's, it's in the name, KG Beast. Uh, a smartphone hand. I'm not KG hand smartphone guy. I can already handle a smartphone. I don't need it in my hand. Oh, well, let's figure it out while I show you around. Here is the grotto. I've shown this before, and people love it. That vision guy told me about this. He warned me. Here it has magical birds flying about, and there's one of the Teletubbies. And now let's go inside, back to the foyer. Here is a painting of one of my greatest friends. His name is Pito. He's with one of his friends. I forget his name. He has a stupid bucket on his head. I've heard of this one. Pointy hat's okay, but buckets is, is fucking stupid. Anyway, walking next to the aquarium. You know, 
I could split your skull open with just one flex. No need to get that violent. I feel like you're just making shit up just to stall me from getting a gun hand. You want a gun hand? Yes, that's what I've been telling you. Yes, I want a gun hand. I'm a mercenary. I kill people. Why'd you come to a magical hat if you wanted a gun? You could have just gone to a blacksmith or some shit like that. Blacksmith would take too long. I want it now, immediately. I have to kill somebody. How about a super soaker? One of those water guns. <sighs> if, does it shoot acid? Um, no. Okay, how about... Okay, it's the best I can do. A BB gun. Uh, maybe I'll tip the BBs in poison. All right, I'll take it. All right, here you go. Well, I, I said the BB gun. You made, you turned my hand into a toilet. Now everyone's going to be shitting in my hand. Arthur, come in here. My man. All right, a toilet. No, 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 no. Time for me to take a shit. Hold your hand still. Uh, Mr. Wizard, where does this go after he flushes? <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> Indeed. It comes out of your mouth. <laughs> And so, from this day forward, KG Beast shat out of his mouth every time Arthur shat in his hand. Which was actually pretty often. My man, I love taking a shit. Indeed! Alright everybody, if you like that sketch right there, we have that, plus news, plus we're bringing back some opinion pieces and uh, review type stuff and all kinds of stuff in our $5 tier on patreon so just go to patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod and if you become part of the five dollar tier you can see these new bonus episodes basically consider it superhouse dlc and you're listening to superhero stuff you should know and welcome back and now we're going to talk about the snyderverse version of the flash played by ezra miller so, as a quick disclaimer, Ezra Miller identifies as non-binary and does prefer they-them pronouns, but said in a 2018 interview, they're fine with being called he-him. So, we'll generally refer to Ezra as they and the character of Barry Allen as he-him, but if we also end up calling Ezra by he, which we may have done earlier and stuff, that's okay according to the actor. So, I'm just putting that out there in case anybody is out there trying to do a corrections department on us. This is okay by Ezra. I believe in personal freedom. But I hate it when people have the freedom to choose their own pronouns. (laughs) Ezra Miller's casting was not nearly as controversial as Ben Affleck's or even Gal Gadot's uh, or even Jason Momoa's, I would say. He was probably the least controversial, partially because I don't think a lot of people knew who he was. So uh, they just knew that he was the or they were the guy from Perks being a wallflower. So uh, I'd say... If there's any criticism leveled against them, it's that they don't really look like the comic book character in comparison to the other actors. Ezra Miller has black hair and brown eyes, while Barry Allen in the comics is blonde and has blue eyes. Uh, however, I would also say no actor in live action except for maybe Rod ha- Hassey from The Legends of the Superheroes. None of the other actors have been blonde in this role. John Wesley Shipp has brown hair. Grant Gustin has brown hair. Um, oh, yeah, and I also forgot... Um, Kenny Johnston was the name of the actor who played Barry Allen Flash in the 1997 Justice League pilot. I forgot about him earlier. Hmm. Well, that the one uh, with the um, 
Martian Manhunter. <laughs> <laughs> the Martian Manhunter who's had way too many Oreos. He's swole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's swole. He's swole. He's swole. Not quite the way that we would laugh. I don't laugh. mean to fat shame anybody. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's not the type that you would expect, yeah. I guess. Just, just go look it up. Just go look it up, everybody. So, uh, <laughs> Barry Allen is often seen wearing a bow tie in the comics, but this version of Barry doesn't wear one, and I don't think any of the other live-action versions have won one either. That is, is, that's a trait that has not carried over into the comics. Maybe we'll see a tribute to that in the Muschietti film. Who knows? Um, Ezra Miller is a huge fan of comic books, specifically Batman. Uh, they even created cool. their own comics as a kid called Super Pig. Uh, in an interview, they said, quote, I found a link between myself and Barry in our admiration of the people around us. Barry and I are both nerds and fans of superheroes. So that's what uh, Ezra Miller was drawing from when playing The Flash. Uh, there are images of early camera tests for Ezra Miller, and these are not auditions. These are when they're testing out different looks for the camera or different costumes and stuff. Uh, so this is not the same as a screen test or audition. Uh, Miller says they had 25 costume fittings for the role, so I can only imagine what variations they were going with in terms of developing this Flash costume. Hmm. Uh, there is a Vero image of uh, from Snyder's account of Ezra Miller in glasses, and uh, they're wearing a shirt that says the Black Freighter, uh, Freighter, the Black Freighter on it, and that's a reference to Watchmen mm -hmm. of Tales from the Black Freighter. Uh, so that's cool. That was not in the final movie. Uh, there's also a shot of a costume test of this version of The Flash that was taken by Clay Enos, who's a big photographer, big uh, photographer for Snyder's stuff. This is, this believe... is Snyder's guy. Snyder's go-to, yeah. like, behind-the-scenes uh, photo guy mm -hmm. uh, is Clay Enos. Yeah, he's yeah. like the promo images. Probably the one of the sad, they call it the sad bat. Sad <laughs> bat -like near yeah. the, he did uh, that one. I'm pretty yeah. sure he did the... Uh, first image of Gal Gadot too when she's like Probably. in the ruins of the doomsday attack uh, yeah. so Clay Enos shot Ezra Miller's costume fitting apparently on the set of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them mm. uh, the Flash costume is a bit different mainly in the insignia compared to the one in the final film instead of the yellow lightning beam over the white circle it's just sort of a lightning uh, bolt directly over the red costume that looks slightly shaped like an S hmm and fans have pointed out that they had given uh, Ezra Miller the symbol of the Wally West Flash from the New 52 in that specific costume, not the Barry Allen Flash insignia. Uh, but we'll put the link to that in our show notes so you, the audience, can see for yourselves the comparison between the two. But obviously they went with a different insignia logo in the final film. Now we're going to answer the title of the episode, Why Does the Flash <laughs> Run Like That? <laughs> so I think one of the main criticized elements of Ezra Miller's Flash is their running stance. Uh, I've heard it from Maddie in the Overly Critical podcast where we guested, where we talked about that. And uh, I actually heard it on uh, Clubhouse as well. A shout out to the Everything Entertainment Club. I joined them every now and then for their discussions of the comic book movies and TV shows, and I know that they're listening. So thanks, guys, over there. If you're Thank part you. of Clubhouse, you can join that club, and uh, you can talk to us, and I'll be on there for uh, some of them as well. So If you have an anyway. iPhone. Oh, wait, how'd you get on it? Uh, they're available on Android now. Oh, they are. Okay, they they were like really. Oh, I have both now. A yeah. club, 
uh, yeah. for a while. They were iPhone it was only for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a bougie I'm, thing. I'm, not, to, not to out you as a droid user. We can cut, we can cut that out if you want, Ben. But, <laughs> Why would I want that cut out? <laughs> I just, I, you never know, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so, here's the specific reason. And uh, we're going to have Ezra Miller himself chime in on this. But Ezra Miller pulled a Bruce Wayne and for two years went to the Wudong Mountains in China to learn martial arts, which helped inspire the movements of Barry Allen in this. What? Wait, two years? Yes. Uh, I don't know if that's two years just overall or just on and off, because I don't know. I I doubt that they spent two whole years there, because it's not like Ezra Miller disappeared from movies completely. But this is what Ezra Miller had to say in terms of research for the role of The Flash. So, like... In the few years leading up to, like, Justice League, I trained in different capacities, you know? I practiced martial arts for two years, and even trained for a while in the Wudang Mountains in China, to better understand the Flash's movements. I worked with several dancers and choreographers, including gifted mages like Zach Winokur and Bobby Jean Smith. Those are mage names. Closer to the time of pre-production, I also started to work with cast trainer Mark Twite and his incredible team, who led me through this fascinating reflex training to bring in additional elements of awareness to the character's physicality. Thank you, Ezra. <laughs> Damn! Uh, so Probably this is why... Barry does this in the different poses that you love, Andrew. Oh. Uh, a video that we'll put in the show notes has direct comparisons of Ezra's movements as Flash to a martial artist in that province, in terms, and especially this uh, in there. Uh, so some it's have not been, yoga. I thought he was just like doing yoga shit. So if this is actual, he does. They don't say kung fu though, do they? Kung fu though, do they? they in. In the he, movie? No, not no. He's saying here Wu Dang Mountains in China, but I'm not. It, it, are we to assume it would be, it's kung fu? It's a, it's a form of. It would be a form of kung fu. I would say it is. Okay. All right. I'm just uh, checking. I'm just. Checking. Some of this, uh, as well, is connected to the legendary marathon monks who are said to have run 1,000 marathons in 1,000 days and could supposedly cover vast distances in seconds, running so fast that they would appear to be floating on air. So well. It's basically saying Ezra Miller's Flash draws off of Chinese legends of martial artists who are basically able to break the laws of physics and go at super speeds and cover vast distances. A lot of urban legends about that. That's where you get a lot yeah. of martial arts fan- fantasy from as well. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that shit's great. But I still think this is fascinating because I'm just yeah. like, this is not what you would think. Because, you know, I, I bet with not to diss the other actors at all because I think it's natural just to be like, all right, well, the Flash runs fast. I'm just going to run. But Ezra Miller is just like, hold on, how does he run? Yeah, I, <laughs> and so I, I, I admire the gumption. Yes, for sure. Uh, there are also other inspirations in in this in terms of uh, different animals, different uh, forms of dance that Ezra Miller also goes into in this next part. So I was like also fascinated with the idea of filling in the gaps of the Flash comics I was reading which have this classic iconography of the conditioning of the character's body. And I deconstructed and reconstructed those pieces and created a fluid language of how the Flash gets from one point to another. 
I took an interest in ballet and found a lot that was useful in the form of petit allegro, a little fast, quick, lively, and small jumps. I spent a lot of time watching the R.I.P. videos that a talented group of dancers in California make to honor the friends they've lost. The dancers in those videos do insane work and like perceptual distortion of time and motion. And I was really moved and informed by their stuff. I was also inspired by crows, cheetahs, mongooses, and other fast-moving and intelligent creatures, as well as rushing water, and of course, lightning. There we go. Multiple <laughs> inspirations for this, and I, and I well, believe the movements are basically inspired by covering vast distance, distances of time, because if you think about it, he's he's moving his arms out a little more than you usually would as a runner, but he's basically doing that to cover more I guess, cover more ground, cover more distance on that. So what do you guys think of this explanation of the uh, the running stance, why the Flash runs like this in the DCEU? Hmm, I don't know. It seems very, <laughs> very, very extra to me or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I would just like, I'm just going to run. Like, just... Zach's like, I don't it, like it. <laughs> it seems just a little like, I mean... You said he's a comic book fan. Maybe he just really, really took it seriously and wanted to figure out. He wanted to put his own stamp of realism on it, mm-hmm. I guess. And that's maybe that's it. It just seems like a whole lot of work to figure out how <laughs> you want to like how you want to look when you run. So it's uh, it's interesting. At least it's certainly different from what uh, I'm sure other people that have portrayed the Flash have have put into their research as far as how they would look running. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely interesting. I didn't know any of this stuff. Andrew. Yeah. I can kind of see what Zach's saying. It's kind of like, it's cool. You admire Kung Fu and all this, but you didn't go and talk to Usain Bolt at all <laughs> in Jamaica. <laughs> you didn't talk to any like actual speed runner dudes. Like, Maybe he did, and that's not part of this interview, but yeah. uh, it, it seems like that probably should have been number one or two on the list. Um, but, I, you know, I like martial arts history and stuff like that. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I respect that. I think that's cool. It's a definitely a different take on it. So, uh, it's not a minus per se, but it, it, it does. it is kind of like, why, just go talk to Bolt, man. You know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's fine. <laughs> It does kind of remind me of speed skating a little bit in terms of how yeah, it does it as well. Yeah, also that too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk to some Olympic speed skaters or something as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's still cool, though. It's fine. There's a lot of, like, I mean, we are not we don't really associate running with kung fu, but there might be, they might have some techniques that we're not could, aware of. It could honestly just be Ezra Miller's own interests crossing over. Yeah. Whereas yeah, it was yeah. just like, oh, like, well, I'm interested in this, so might as well just add this stuff in, even yeah. if it's not necessarily connected. Uh, I mean, I personally was never really that bothered by how, you know, the Flash yeah, is running either. stance. Uh, yeah, I was just, yeah. If anything, I was just like, if there's anything that throws me off sometimes, it's just how high tech the costume looks. And even right. then, that's, you know, that's going to be changed for the next movie. 
So I, I've never been a huge critic of the way that the Flash runs, but I thought this backstory was fascinating because I, I thought he was just going to yeah. be like, oh, I, I studied speed skaters. I'm glad he cared. I mean, it, yeah. s- it does seem like he cared quite a bit, so it, at least mm-hmm. there's it has that going for it. Yeah. The only thing I so. don't like about this Flash's costume is the back of his head. If you What's literally look, head? it looks like a shorter version of the Green Goblin's helmet. Did you ever look at it? It's like <laughs> oh, a little, with the this is the point there. There's a little bit of a point in that it really bothers oh, me. Yeah. Uh, that's the Hell's Deep Speed Force, dude. It's like <laughs> aerodynamics. It's aerodynamics, dude. <laughs> I don't know. It just looks you know, like science. You don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I need science facts, flash facts. <laughs> Is Neil deGrasse Tyson up in this bitch or what? <laughs> let's get, let's get Neil deGrasse in Tyson in this. Hey, guys, yeah. flashbacks. Uh, all right, so let's tackle the timeline of this version of Barry Allen. The first time we meet the Flash in the DCEU is actually the future version of the Flash in Batman vs. Superman, where he comes to warn Batman about the future. We talked about this before, but the ex- explanation for this is in the plans for Justice League 2 and 3 and is almost a reference to Crisis on Infinite Earths where Batman gets visited by a future vis- vision of the Flash, sort of warning him. He gets him visited by a vision. Paul Bettany. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard over. of the ship of Theseus? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who the hell are you? <laughs> uh, but let's go into the chronological order then. Through the, you know, up from the time that we see the liquor store to through the end of Justice League and potentially into the Muschietti film. So... Like his comic book counterpart, this version of Barry Allen is from Central City. In the opening shot of Chapter 3, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, the sign says it has a population of 1,395,600. This is actually the exact number in the Flash Secret Files and Origins from 2010. So that is great. Shout out to uh, the Twitter user Zach. Uh, versus comics, not our Zach, but in reference to Zack Snyder. Uh, so you can find them over at uh, Zach uh, underscore no. Uh, the file shown in Joss's League about Barry Allen places Barry's birth date to be September 30th, 1992. Now, this is there's an obvious source for that. That's the exact same birthday as Ezra Miller. He was born in 92. Oh, my God. Yeah, because <laughs> Barry is in college during this time where he's going yeah, for true. a I, criminal I justice that. degree in this. Uh, Barry identifies as Jewish when he looks at the photo that Bruce Wayne get, gives him. Ezra Miller in real life is Jewish. But this is not the first time that Barry Allen has been revealed as Jewish. In wow. the 1989 comic book special Christmas with the Flash and Green Lantern, Hal Jordan's Green Lantern wishes Barry a happy Hanukkah. So, really, I, I believe I that's the first. He was adding that himself. That's I didn't huh. know that was part of canon. That is technically canon. I don't know if there's any other instance of that, uh, but it seems like Hal is not just saying that to because it seems like maybe he's just saying that for the audience in case there's any Jewish readers. But it seems like he's making a deliberate effort to say Happy Hanukkah to Flash because Flash said Merry Christmas to him. Right, right. At least right. in the context of that panel. Uh, in Justice League, Alfred says that Barry is uh, lost his mother when he was nine, I believe. And even if we discount the Justice League from continuity, it still would make sense for Barry in the Snyderverse to be around that age when this happens. Uh, so this would be around 2001 then that Nora Allen is killed, likely by the reverse Flash, Eobard Thawne. And her husband, Henry Allen, is arrested and put behind bars. Barry insists that his father is innocent, which prompts him to go for a criminal justice degree when he's in college and free his dad. 
Henry Allen is played by Billy Crudup in both versions of Justice League and will be played by Ron Livingston in the upcoming Machete movie. Uh, meanwhile, Nora Allen will be played by uh, Spanish actress Maribel Verdú in the upcoming Andy Machete movie, making Barry part Spanish, which is kind of weird to me since Ezra Miller has no Spanish or Latina blood whatsoever, but... Maybe yeah. they'll have a different explanation for that. You know. I guess so. I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, this brings up an interesting point. Barry is clearly younger than Bruce Wayne in these movies. Uh, the death of the Waynes happens in 1981, as we covered in the uh, Secret Origins of Batfleck uh, episode. And that's identified by the Excalibur, Theodore Marquis, as well as just the fact that uh, it says 1981, literally, on the tomb of the Waynes when uh, oh, Bruce yeah. goes there. That's right. So if Barry in Flashpoint, because everyone's just like they should have had Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Thomas Wayne as Batman. If Barry goes back in time to save his mother in 2001, though, how would Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Thomas Wayne suddenly be alive as Batman if he died 20 years earlier in 1981? In other words, how would Thomas Wayne be the Flashpoint Batman in this continuity? Because he would be long dead before Barry Allen was even born. It's another Earth easily, duh. Hmm. Hence why it's Keaton, honestly. <laughs> like, oh, right. Even though, I, I, don't get me wrong, I would love to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Flashpoint Batman. I Wouldn't would love everybody? To see, I would love to see that carry over into him writing the letter that then Ezra Miller delivers Woo! to Ben Affleck's Batman. But just the logistics of it, they would have to have a different explanation for that to happen. Maybe Barry tries to go back in time and prevent the death of the Waynes or something in order for that to happen. Dude, uh, if they fucking but, have that scene with Keaton Batman... And ba- and Keaton is reading and is like, where did you get this, Barry? I will stand up and applaud immediately. <laughs> I guess no everyone in the theater. I just feel like it's not the same because it's like Keaton had like no mention of his dad <laughs> in any of the previous movies. Yeah. <laughs> you Man, know, it's, it's, it's not the same hit, though, I think. connection. Eh, we'll see. We'll see what Machete has in store. But... I know. We'll see. It'll just be an interesting use of Keaton Bat. Yeah. I'm just saying that the Flashpoint Batman kind of already got discounted before anybody was making a Flash movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Due to the casting yeah. and due to the timeline presented here. Yeah, they fucked uh, it up. Close to his appearance in Batman vs. Superman, Barry eventually gains the powers to become the Flash. Justice League specifically says that Victor, uh, Victor Stone says Barry was struck by lightning. He's like, so you were struck by lightning, huh? And I imagine Snyder's version comes about the same way. But, as I brought up, if Barry's not in the crime lab yet, he doesn't even have a job, how did he become the Flash? He wouldn't have been around the chemicals necessary, Mm. and just getting hit by lightning doesn't turn someone into the Flash, or else everybody would be the Flash. Uh, Everybody who's been hit by it has has been the Flash. He was in those Wu-Dang mountains when he got struck by lightning. (laughs) (laughs) He was already doing the poses, and that happened. Yeah. Yeah, Or he was smoking some weed and got struck by lightning at the same time. He was on the astral plane, too. You yes. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Those, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, he, he was, was on the astral he was plane, a, thanks to the weed. <laughs> the Wu-Tang was, was just there in the comics and in real life. Yeah. <laughs> existing both as one. <laughs> so, here's my theory, and it, it's from the comics. Going back to 1985, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Barry Allen runs fast enough to save the world, save the multiverse, really, and dies in the process. But... There was in addition to this, and that came about in Secret Origins Annual Number 2 in 1988. This was written by Robert Lauren Fleming and art by Murphy Anderson and Carmine Infantino. Carmine Infantino is back in 1988 after helping to create this character in the 60s, (laughs) 50s and 60s. Render Um, of Caesar, bitch. When Barry 
basically disintegrated. His essence went back in time and became the lightning bolt that hit him years ago, turning him into the Flash and creating a bootstrap paradox. So he gave himself the powers. And the final narration of the comic says, quote, As a scientist, I should have realized from the start, electricity always travels in a circuit. God damn. So, what? hell of a final line from Fleming there. A bootstrap so my, paradox. Yes. So, a bootstrap paradox is the idea of, like, what created, what was the initial cause then? Because if Barry Allen was created by a lightning bolt from the future, where did the lightning bolt come from? Because Barry Allen wouldn't have had the speed to be able to do that or have the powers to do that without that lightning bolt you know what I mean? So like, it's kind of like yeah. the kind of like the end of Watchmen. That's what I was just thinking about the Watchmen TV show. Mm. There's something called the grandmother paradox too in in actual physics. And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just some jackass on the internet. But mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's basically if you go back in time to kill your grandmother to commit suicide, how could you have done that in the first place? You understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Because you'd yeah. be dead. Uh, this was one of the first things that I read as far as uh, actual physics is concerned. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's my theory then. I think the future Barry Allen will die and become the lightning bolt that hits past Ezra Miller Barry and give him the powers. In which case, no crime lab chemicals really necessary on that to create that. Right. So that's a possibility. Your mind's Uh, still blown, Zach. I feel like you're still blown. (laughs) (laughs) It 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 drove me crazy in that show too. I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. That it's like, well, the future caused something to happen in the past, and it's just like, I don't know. That's true. Yeah. Bothers That's me. True. <laughs> the the causal Time link travel. or whatever is is fucked up. But uh, you, you could also yeah. be like Avengers Endgame Time... and just be like, there is no causal link. <laughs> it yeah. all creates yeah. another universe. That's true. Another branch, baby. Because my wife yeah. was saying like, well, time isn't linear like we think it is. It's not just like a straight line mm-hmm. and. It could be like an accordion folded up on itself. So you could, mm-hmm. I think that's our, our theory about ghost is that it's not really a ghost. It's just like you get a glimpse into either the future or the past quickly. And it's like, oh, there's a, mm. you like see something, but you, you're you not really in that plane. So I guess mm-hmm. it could work in that case, but it just uh, still bothers me. <laughs> we don't know, dude, we don't know what time is really. We yeah. have clocks mm-hmm. and shit. We measure it, but yeah. we don't, we know gravity affects it. That's it. I, I feel like, again, I'm just some jackass on the internet, but I feel like we really don't know a whole lot about time. Yeah. Uh, and so that also gives comic book writers a lot to fuck with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anytime somebody says, oh, they didn't follow that rule in a time travel movie, I'm like, well, there's fucking no what rule. rule <laughs> yeah, really. what rule? Have you time traveled lately? Yeah. Tell us about your experience. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about all these fucking uh, watertight rules that actual physics has about time. Yeah. Uh, you know so um it's also this is fake it's it's uh, every time like back to the future and all this shit like uh, it's that's another tangent that's unless your name is doc brown or you're the doctor from doctor who i don't want to hear it just dude you can time travel you can do all kinds of shit with it like this don't worry about the rules with time travel yep all right, uh, back to Barry. According to Snyder in an interview at Justice Con, this version of Barry Allen has ADHD, which is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, uh, which I think I can see from the characterization. Uh, after getting his powers, Barry scraps together his costume, which Bruce Wayne identifies is made from silica-based quartz fabric used by spaceships to prevent them from burning up upon reentry. This is to prevent, prevent him from burning up what uh, 
you know, whenever he uses his powers, which we kind of see when he sort of explodes out of his shoes in order to save Iris mm. in that opening scene. Uh, another thing that's different about this Flash is that his lightning is blue, not th- the traditional yellow. Oh. Snyder apparently said the blue was meant to hi- be sort of more of a highlight. Uh, it seems to be more of a v- just general visual choice, not supposed to be symbolic of anything. But we'll see if this gets explained in the Muschietti movie because I believe the Muschietti concept art shows yellow lightning, not blue lightning. I so they might just Muschietti, be contradicting that. For some reason, I could see Muschietti pivoting back to yellow. I don't know why. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. me too. Yeah. It's just like, eh, we'll just do my thing. Kind of just like James Wan did not do yeah. the bubble. It's fine. So Let him yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when Bruce Wayne shows up to the apartment of Barry Allen, eagle-eyed Snyder fans found this in the back because I did not catch this in the very background there is a sheet of doodles where he's brainstorming the Flash insignia with the different types of lightning one of them being the Wally West lightning insignia that was on the original costume Mm -hmm. and next to them uh, is the insignia insignia for Superman sort of implying that the Flash having that on his chest is inspired by Superman which I think Oh, makes yeah. sense. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. He's, he says Superman is his hero in the movie, and he does have this on his chest. So it makes a lot of sense for this to happen. So it's likely that this uh, he develops the suit, creates the insignia, partially due to being inspired by Superman. Also, he chooses red, and Superman also has red in his costume. Right, so right, right. It all makes sense. Uh, as a side note, there is a criticism of Batman versus Superman that we didn't really talk that much about. We talked about the fact that they were revealed through an email, but we didn't really talk about this, which is that uh, people say Lex Luthor gave all the future Justice League members their own names and branding <laughs> when uh, he had Diana's photo and the yeah. surveillance footage of the others. Yeah, I, I would argue, though, Wonder Woman has the WW-type symbol on her chest armor. Aquaman has his symbol on his belt, and the Flash has his on his chest, though not in that surveillance footage. So the only person who seems to have been given any sort of logo by Lex is Cyborg, because Cyborg doesn't have really a logo. Yeah. But you could say Lex is drawing off of what's in the footage of these different metahumans. He didn't actually give them those logos in BVS. So that's what, sort of my counter-argument to that when mm. I thought about it on it. Because uh, I was just like, wait a minute. He already, they already had those logos. It's not like Flash said, well, Lex Luthor said that I should have this lightning logo, so therefore I'm going to do it. Like, no, he already had that costume made, as we saw in uh, Justice League and it's Suicide just, Squad. It feels to me with that stuff, like some of it's explained really well and it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. And then there's stuff like this where it's like, where it's just them and the producers like, ah, eh, it's a comic book movie. Who gives a fuck? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like they just don't, <laughs> this is not much of a good explanation for it. Really? No, I mean, I'd say that if he's just drawing off of what he's seen of Could that, be. that's the symbols that he sees, then like that makes sense. But I mean, it's Could be. that's one of those things where I'm just like, this feels like Warner Brothers shoving that in and not actually what Snyder and Terry wanted to do. It's just like, guess what, everybody? We're catching <laughs> just up as to Marvel. Coming. <laughs> do you think that, right this, now. that Flash had a costume during Batman vs. Superman? At that point, he does, uh, he I mean, he doesn't. Up in the fucking he doesn't. Or whatever. He, he doesn't. Well, yeah, but he doesn't have it in the liquor store. Like he doesn't have right. the, the Flash costume that we see, but he does have it in Suicide Squad. He caught Captain Boomerang. That's right. I'm, I'm going to get to God, that. In I a forgot bit. he was in that movie. Do you yeah. think that so, he made that costume right after Doomsday, or like I'm trying to think of the timeline here? Because yeah, why is he? Well, Boomerang's been in jail for a while, though. Oh yeah. I think, huh. in Suicide Squad, because he gets caught by the Flash, then sent to jail in Bell Rev, and then he gets 
you know, given that possible part and become part of task force. But like, you know, so I would think he would have gotten, he would have been caught during BVS or beforehand. Because for uh, Batman versus Superman, how, uh, when does that take place in relation to Man of Steel? Is that like one year later, months later? 18 months later. Okay. 18 months later, uh, between when Batfleck sees the, you know, the, the sky where Zod and Superman are fighting, he's just glaring up, and then it says 18 months later. So a little over a year where Superman has been in the public eye. So that's, yeah. I guess, like the time frame that Flash would have to where he says, like, that's his hero, and he uses that inspiration to create his costume. So it yeah. still seems like it's very soon. I'm just trying to make it all make sense. But he does find head. himself to have similar... He sees himself in the same boat as Superman in a sense, because he's all, got some yeah. powers. So... It, it's fast, but it could line up. Yeah, I, I mean, if you want to go eighteen down months, this I mean, he, Superman, yeah, it's fine. I think Superman would be a hero for like a year and a half, and, and yeah. you just need like one incident of getting hit by lightning, and then coming up with a you know silica-based quartz fabric and all that stuff. He could, he could do it. Yeah, um, we don't really see him wear it before Justice League, with the exception of Suicide Squad. So we're going to so, go into that in a bit. Since we brought up Superman, I want to say this too. Everybody talks about, hey, he's a Boy Scout. He's a Boy Scout. It's boring. They all have to have really strong moral base. You can't mm-hmm. have the powers of fucking time travel like the Flash <laughs> yeah. and not be a Boy Scout. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like this guy can literally change fucking everything. I'm more powerful than Superman in a lot of ways, but doesn't... It's just Super- well, Superman has that rap of the Boy Scout thing. Maybe the blue color does something to people's minds too. But... Uh, <laughs> But like I feel like they're Flash is in a similar boat, I think, with this. Like, yeah, mo- I'd say morally, yeah. right? You have morally. To I mean, that's why Reverse Flash exists. Honestly. Yeah, right. right. But I, reverse I, Flash is like who the Flash would be if he were evil. It's godlike to change time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think Flash's personality and just like the kind of tone of a lot of his stories make his his moral compass more acceptable. It feels like it's, we, yeah. I can just accept him being like so good and he's not, it, he doesn't feel overly righteous. Like Superman comes off sometimes. I think Superman mm-hmm. gets that rap because he is essentially the first superhero. And yeah. people think back to like the original comics where he's just like, you know, Captain America pie and stuff. It's just like, he's, he is so, <laughs> Uh, I don't know, just so straight-laced. Whereas when I see The Flash, he, I think he has a sense of humor enough about him that it's, uh, I can I can accept it more easily. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. I, I can, Could I be can that. understand that, but it's just a matter of like, you have to, you do have to have like an iron moral compass, like a steel, mm-hmm. <laughs> steel, I don't know, just a very good moral compass in order to not want to con... Eventually, most people would probably want to control things a lot, and you can control the course of history mm-hmm. at a certain point. And maybe I should go back and kill Hitler. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, now I'm wondering, are there any like amazing like Elseworlds with the Flash, or you know how Invincible's like a different Superman kind of thing? Like, mm-hmm. is there that kind mm-hmm. of thing, but with the Flash? Anyway, that's another fucking topic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> we'll uh 
we'll put a pin in that and talk about the first time chronologically that he wears the suit that we've seen is in Suicide Squad to stop uh, Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang at the Central City Boomerang. Diamond Exchange. Uh, this scene was not shot by David Ayer. Uh, this scene was shot by Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder shot the scene hmm. for uh, Suicide Squad while they were shooting Justice League because timeline-wise they were in production of Justice League when... Suicide Squad was in post-production, so it made sense to just do the small little scene and then put that in uh, wow. during the edit. So uh, that came from Snyder himself. Uh, so far, Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad is the main Flash villain we've met, uh, though James Gunn's The Suicide Squad will introduce Peter Capaldi playing The Thinker, who started off as a Flash villain. So maybe uh, he'll be connected to The Flash as well, or be in a future movie connected to The Flash, or maybe not. Uh, are they doing covered, reverse flash for Muschietti? Am I jumping ahead? Uh, if they are, they haven't said anything. They're, they're only... tight-lipped about the villain, huh? <laughs> they, they, they've cast Barry's parents. Yeah. And then they've cast a bunch of other superheroes. <laughs> no so... villain. <laughs> I bet so. It seems we're... like they're trying to do something similar to Flashpoint, at least being able to travel through time. So kind there's got to be yeah, a reason a for dimension. it. Yeah. By the way, this is news will probably break as soon as we or before we release this episode. Uh, so I'm sorry if we're behind the times, everybody. We record a little ahead. Yes. We're literally uh, in the past right now. Yeah. Yes, we're jumping yeah. forward. Uh, as we covered in our coverage be. of Justice League two and three, Captain Cold was meant to be the villain for the 2018 Flash movie, uh, and then carry on into becoming part of the Injustice League in the Justice League sequels. Uh, let's see. So chronologically, before right before we get to the events of Justice League. At some point beforehand, Barry discovered he could travel in time because he's always he's already aware of that in the movie. And if he goes beyond the speed of light, he's able to turn back time. And so he makes a rule to himself never to do it again, which he references during the movie. Uh, Barry, in the Snyder Cut, is searching for a job while getting a criminal justice degree. And during his search, he meets Iris West for the first time, as we saw. Now we're in the, the actual Snyder Cut events. Uh, in the comics, Barry and Iris meet when he was already in the, in the crime lab as part of the Central City Police, and Iris was a reporter working on a case that Barry was investigating. So that's how they met and bonded. Uh, they were not adopted brother and sister like in the CW show, which makes things weird. <laughs> so uh, that's that's something that the CW show created. Um, in the movie, she hits the Gardner Fox truck, which also hits a hot dog cart, and uh, he goes to rescue her. So one notable moment that people have brought up is Barry catching the hot dog. And it's been pointing out that there is a possible comic book connection to this. So in the original comic, showcase number four, as we say here, uh, Barry has the accident in the crime lab, and he finds himself outrunning a taxi for the first time. That's his, that's his discovery of the speed. And he's like, well, I must be on something, or that lightning must have really hit hard. <laughs> so... <laughs> Because he doesn't think like, oh man, I got super speed. This is amazing. <laughs> He's like, what the hell is wrong with my brain? So uh, he decides to stop by in a diner, and uh, he gets you know, the munchies. And he because he gets the munchies. And uh, actually, he does get the munchies though. <laughs> that is true. Yes. And uh, a waitress slips, and the food on the tray falls. In a scene that seems like it's right out of Spider-Man, was adapted by Spider-Man. <laughs> this actually originates in the Flash, and one of the one of the food that's flying, as you can see in the Whoa. YouTube version, are sausages. <laughs> a lot, lot of jokes to be had about this I here panel. I know. I know. I'm waiting. I Andrew. will refrain. Oh. I will refrain. I am not so lowbrow. <laughs> yes. 
So I'll have you know. uh, that some people say that that's the connection between the comic book and the movie is the the midair sausages, the midair hot dogs. <laughs> and the... Anyway, look, guys, oh, I got shit. this idea. It's from the first Flash <laughs> comic. There's wieners flying in the air. We gotta have a wiener in this scene. It's like I right, is this what Zack? No, this is Zack Snyder. Is this what are you saying? Oh, okay. I mean, but I'm just trying to think like of the conversation. Wieners that are stuck midair. That's right. You know, and, uh, and then Zack Snyder's like, "Well, it's in the comics, so they will forgive anything." <laughs> Uh, when Barry rescues Iris and puts the hot dog in his pocket, he speeds off, but she sees him speed off, so she knows that he's a metahuman. She knows that he's the Flash. Uh, this uh, is a little different from the comics, where Iris did not find out for a long time, just like Lois Lane, and she didn't find out until their wedding day. In the Flash, as covered in the Flash number 174, written by John Broom, where apparently she found out because Barry talks in his sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course. I think the Snyder, I think Snyder had the right idea by just forgetting yeah. that and having her know from the beginning, just like uh, Lois knows from the beginning about yeah. Superman. You don't always follow the comics. Yeah. Just put it that way. You do when <laughs> there's a, a flying hot dog, but that's, that's right. The secret identity. Yeah. yeah. I know it's such a trope. I'm glad they didn't do it. That uh, you know you have the to keep the secret from your. Oh no! Now no, I know that's been in it's, throughout history. There has been many flying hot dogs. <laughs> The but no, the, themselves. <laughs> the trope of like the loved one not knowing about the secret identity because you know you've got to protect them. Oh, the villains, yeah. if they found out who I am, they're gonna come for you. It's just it gets old after a while, so I'm glad that yeah. they have kind of sidestepped that. Again, dudes talking about this kind of shit, but just to bring it up and sorry to <laughs> piss people off, but it's sort of anti feminist too, right? Like to have them to never know or oh, yeah. like for them, and then there's the trope of like Lois Lane back in the day. She knows after a while, and I think I think Mary Jane too is Spider Man, but she's she does, like, yeah. Eventually when will these you come all back home know. and be a father? Or you know, like <laughs> they're like not supportive of like them going out and doing man's work or whatever the fuck. Like it's just mm-hmm. kind of a whole cycle of wrong going on there. But mm-hmm. but this is why you have fucking um, what's the main uh, squeeze in, in Arrow? Uh, Felicity? Felicity, Felicity, right? She's like immediately. She's like, go and get that motherfucker. Like they don't ever really. She's never really like, come home and stop being Arrow. You know what I mean? The yeah. Green Arrow. I mean, like, there's she's, not. There were other issues with her too, but like, there's that other, was not one of them. Yeah. There's other issues, but there's definitely <laughs> a, there's a course correction there. Yeah. With with that kind of thing, so I just think yeah. that's it's interesting with progression of things in well comics. that's also why catwoman is a more natural love interest for batman because it's like well she's gonna be out there with him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't give yeah. a crap about him coming home because she's out there yeah. with him on yeah. that stuff she she would find things boring if she wasn't out there exactly with him, so. so it's just most natural yeah yeah now ben did uh, uh did jay garrick have a uh love interest yeah joan williams now joan williams salad was. in that bowl did she not? <laughs> she did, salad. Did, did she not know his secret identity, even though he is merely wearing a bowl on his head? <laughs> she don't uh, know who I am now. <laughs> <laughs> she she does know. She does know in the comics. She does know in the comics. And okay, then, good. Uh, in, Let me run real fast to get this Caesar dressing off my head. <laughs> you know. Uh, and then in the CW show, since John Wesley Ship was playing both Barry yeah. Allen's dad and Jay Garrick, they had the actress who plays Barry's mom play Joan Williams. 
to play Jay Garrick's love well, interest. Cool. Makes sense, you know, on that earth that he's from. That's that's who she is. That's convenient that that bowl's there though, because you know he has a high metabolism. He's got to eat a lot. He can just <laughs> flip yeah. it over, put stuff in it, he's eat out of eat it. From the bowl, right? Well, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into that in a little bit. Okay. So Barry in both versions of Justice League talks about having to scarf down a ton of food to maintain his metabolism and calls himself a snack hole. <laughs> <laughs> totally so, different uh, meaning is... nowadays on a. <laughs> This TikTok. <laughs> a snack. Yeah, the whole no, snack. No, the uh, snack hole especially. Yeah, 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 the hole, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this does not actually come from Jay Garrick, nor does Low it come from out. Barry Allen. This does not come from the Silver Age comics at all. This is actually a Wally West trait. Wally West did not develop this until uh, the 80s and 90s hmm. okay. uh, on that. And the idea of him having a high metabolism and having to eat everything started with Wally West and then retroactively then carried over into Barry and other speedsters. So now it's partially Barry's thing in the CW Flash and in the Snyderverse and I believe also in the 90s show. Like in, in all versions now, he, he has this. So that's notable. Uh, also, when Barry meets Bruce Wayne, he claims to know, quote, gorilla sign language, which some have interpreted <laughs> as a reference to Gorilla Grodd. It must be. Uh, what else would that be? <laughs> He's in Congo. He's learning sign language. Yeah. <laughs> Ugly yeah. gorilla. Uh, in terms of other powers, we saw Barry has accelerated healing because he does get injured by parademons in uh, the Justice League. And uh, the big one, of course, is he's able to travel in time, which pays off big time in the finale. And he has to break that rule in order to resurrect Superman and save Superman again when he is killed with the rest of the Justice League at the end. Apparently, as I brought up before, Warner Brothers did not want Snyder to have Flash go back in time in Justice League. Like, we saw. did that in 78. <laughs> as we saw in the <laughs> Whedon cut where they decided to have him save the Russian family instead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they told Snyder not to do it. He has it in the movie. And also never mind the fact that uh, they immediately green greenlit a Flashpoint-inspired movie that is built around Flash going back in time to save his mom. So I don't know what they were thinking there. Uh, while the Snyder Cut definitely does this better, it is worth noting that a similar event happens in the CW crossover Legends of Yesterday, where Vandal Savage straight up kills all of the superheroes and Barry has to travel back in time to the previous day <laughs> in order to prevent that. So run, Flash Barry, is always fixing run. everything. Yep. Uh, so this is not in the Snyder Cut, but in Justice League, Superman and Flash have a friendly race in the final battle to reach the civilians and attempt to race again in the mid-credit scene. Uh, they do actually race in 1967 in Superman number 199. There is a Superman and Flash race uh, that is called back later in Flash Rebirth, where Superman references their races, and Flash was like, that was for charity, Clark. And then he speeds yeah, off even yeah. faster. That was one of the most <laughs> badass lines in recent history. That was for charity, Clark. That, that's Jeff Johns, yeah. <laughs> so Flash should always be faster than Superman, yeah. in my opinion, because yeah. otherwise, what's the point? There's no fucking point. Yeah. There's no point to the Flash yeah. if he's slower, so... Yeah. Um, uh, one other thing to bring up. Barry is never actually called the Flash in Justice League or in Batman vs. Superman... Uh, in Suicide Squad, he's never called it out loud. He does get the name through the uh, sort of the files that they have on him, I believe, is what's been said. But it's never said that the Flash caught him. However, he does get named by the Flash, and he gets an unlikely inspiration from that. And that person who gives him that name is the Grant Gustin Flash. 
Oh, shit. Nice, uh, nice, nice. In the CW crossover Crisis on Infinite Earth, spoilers for a one-year-old episode, but Ezra Miller's Flash meets Grant Gustin's Flash in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And Grant Gustin points out, like, oh, so you're the Flash, too. And Miller's like, the Flash? Oh, the Flash. And that's where he gets the name. He gets it from Grant Gustin in Crisis on Infinite Earths. So... Uh, but I always thought that was awesome because it's like he gets it from from another Flash, kind of like how Barry Allen in the original comics got his name from the Jay Garrick comics in his world. So right, it all makes sense. Uh, many have drawn a parallel of the Flash Batman relationship in Justice League to the Iron Man Spider Man relationship in the MCU. If you think about how they're first introduced, both are young heroes visited by a veteran billionaire superhero in their apartments who already know their true identity. Both Barry and Peter Parker deny the truth until the other superhero forces them to reveal themselves. Uh, and they also have security footage of them using their powers in the past. Oh, wow. And we obviously drew the parallel to the fact that Bruce Wayne was meant to die in Justice League 3, much like Tony Stark dies in Avengers Endgame. I am Batman. <laughs> and Iron Man gives Spider-Man's suit to Peter. Uh, while there were reports that Bruce was supposed to give Flash his own Wayne Tech suit at the end of Justice League. Uh, but this obviously didn't happen in either cut. Uh, however, at DC FanDome, they announced that Ezra Miller will be wearing a new Flash suit for the film that looks like it's going to be more traditional, none of these like layers of different armored plating on it. Uh, and they said that Bruce Wayne will be giving it to him. But when they said this, Andy Muschietti said his friend Bruce Wayne is going to give it to him. The image did not cut to a shot of Ben Affleck. The image cut to a shot of Michael Keaton. Damn. So Hell yeah. there's an implication there that it's possible Michael Keaton's Batman gives Ezra Miller a new Flash suit. Or maybe that's just how they wanted to cut it together because they're just like, eh, let's just show Batman. Let's just show the concept art. So I don't know. It would make sense if it's Ben Affleck because that's the Batman who you know Ezra Miller's Flash knows. But... If it comes from Michael Keaton's Batman, I'm not going to complain either. So he's got some kind of body uh, armor. What was that, Zach? I said he's got some kind of body armor. I think he wants. He's <laughs> going to give him like a, ru- a rubber suit with like the rubber sculpted abs and stuff on it, or it could be more like the the Deco Bat suit. So it's like the Deco Flash with the like sculpted little aerodynamic pieces on it. Huh? Essentially, yeah. I could go with for the better back of the head. <laughs> yes, for sure. smoother, smoother. Those are the flash facts for the DCEU Flash. What do you guys think? Any closing thoughts? I don't know. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Zach. Great oh, commentary, I, Zach. I like it. This is why we bring you on. That's right. Um, I'm, I'm actually more interested in seeing what happens now in the Flash movie. I mean, I know that everyone mm-hmm. else is excited about it because it's going to have Michael Keaton's Batman and... Uh, and the return of Ben Affleck's Batman and everything, but I, I really do want to like see a good story that focuses. It seems like still mainly on Flash himself because, as we talked about with the Snyder Cut, I I did like I grew to like this Flash more than I did in the Justice mm-hmm. League uh, cut. So I, I'm really excited to give him a chance. And I was a big fan of the CW show, and I was kind of like a little put off whenever they cast. Uh, Ezra Miller because I was so attached to Grant Gustin and mm-hmm. uh, I like that show so much so now that I'm you know kind of in the in the Gustin ballpark of wanting to see what happens I think yep. it's it's past time for him to get his due and uh, being able to be focused on a little bit more and all the facts are really cool I 
I do wish, I guess, they would say exactly what happened as far as his origin goes, but I have a feeling that may be something that they delve into more in his solo movie, <laughs> even though it's going to have all these other characters. As solo as it can be. Yeah. So, yeah, there's still there's a lot of facts I didn't know about him, so um, I feel educated. Nice. Andrew? Yeah, I mean, I've grown to like Flash more. Uh, he wasn't in a lot of video games growing up, and that was, like, one of my main sources of learning about comic book characters, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, uh, but so I didn't. I, I didn't have a whole lot of familiarity growing up. So it's kind of in the past fifteen years or so, I've really grown to like the character a lot. Him and Aquaman, and um, they're kind of in the same, it's the same boat for me, really, in that way. Uh, and and again, like I just love the, the the kind of like delve into science kind of aspect. I love that Flash Facts has always been a part of the Flash. It'd be cool if they did bring it back for like the final season, like like I said, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Be cool, <laughs> something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, or Bill Nye or whoever, uh, Michio Kaku or some or somebody. Um, but uh, what else, man? Um, I mean, he's like one of the most powerful characters, and I would be interested to see what they do with that with the Flash movie. Um, I would love to know the villain. Uh, of this fucking movie. I feel mm-hmm. like it's going to get announced before we release this episode, though. It's <laughs> definitely going to happen. It's uh, currently in production. It being Andy Machete, the guy that directed It with a horror mm-hmm. pedigree, uh, I think it probably would be Reverse Flash. Only problem with that is we already kind of saw that on the CW, but I guess it'll be an amped up version. Yeah. By the way, this I, I remember seeing like leaks, and they probably changed this by now, but there was like leaks of that Flash script where, again, this is probably DCEU leaks on Reddit, so it's probably bullshit. But mm-hmm. like the end fight has them punching each other through time, like him in reverse Flash. So he punches him into a dinosaur, and then <laughs> the other guy gets punched into the Sphinx. And like the, the final battle supposedly is like really fucking insane. And that's the kind of thing like you amp up the insanity. Like you couldn't. Mm-hmm. You could punch through buildings and stuff, obviously, with Man of Steel with Superman. But mm-hmm. with this, this is like a whole other deal. Yeah. You know, this is a whole level of, you know, sci-fi, really, that you go up. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of fun there to be had. And a whole new level of Easter eggs and all that kind of shit, like Topo and Aquaman. Like, all the Aquaman yeah. Easter eggs that are specific to that character. So much new shit now. And he's a lot of people's favorite character too, mm-hmm. so it's good that he's finally getting the justice, the justice that he deserves. Yes, deserves. indeed. Yeah, no, I, I think the the Snyder Cut absolutely redeemed the Ezra Miller version of Barry Allen, particularly the scene of the time travel scene, especially uh, on that. So I'm excited to see what's going to come on that with the Machete film again. I, I kind of wish. I feel like a Flashpoint story is better for a later Flash movie, not the first Flash movie. But so what would it be? Too late the now. Wizard? Gorilla Grodd? <laughs> what you want? Captain Are Cold. you trying to say who you're asking who it should be? I mean, it, if he is going back in time to prevent the death of his mother, then the person who killed his mom was reverse Flash. Yeah, right? So, so kind of, they kind of have to do this for this first Muschietti movie. But but also for no. Flashpoint. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's weird because... 
he only does that because there's this history between Flash and Reverse Flash. You don't, like, if you start with that, this is like starting the first Batman-Joker uh, conflict with the killing joke. Like, you don't... Yeah, right? They already have a history that culminates in that story, not, like, you start with that, because it's like, where else do you have to go? It's kind of like starting with Batman versus Superman as the first meeting between (laughs) Batman and Superman, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Seems to be a pattern. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes. I think they chose it because it's such a popular storyline that a lot of, like, modern fans know. I get it, but maybe make that something for us to anticipate in the future. Plant the seeds yeah. for Flashpoint. Don't start with Flashpoint because then it's like, well, then what? The next movie he fights Captain Cold and the Rogues. That yeah. feels like a downgrade. Like have like no, do the Rogues first. Have him discover the time or like he already discovered the time travel. But if they didn't have if we didn't have the Snyder cut and we didn't know that was happening, then have him discover time travel. All the sorts of stuff. Develop his relationship with Iris. Like develop all the stuff. There's so much more to Flash than just the Flashpoint story. Yeah, as there's kind about. of like seventy years of history. Here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is the celebration of seventy-five years on here. Now, yeah, mind right. you, the first few you know years was the Jay Garrick Flash, but it's still Flash stories. Good old Bullhead, <laughs> <laughs> related to Buckethead, if you will. <laughs> Buckethead, Buckethead, yes, cousin. Magneto, the Buckethead. <laughs> so uh, that is our coverage of the Flash and why the Flash runs like that, and that is superhero stuff you should know. Cool, so we have a few fan comments, starting with Kieran Jones commented on our Justice League 2 and 3 coverage. Uh, You left a couple comments. I'm going to address one at a time, uh, this one, and then I'll save the next one, uh, save your other comment for the next one. And this says, around 4338, you guys forget that in the old Justice League 2 and Justice League 2A outline, uh, sorry, this is a comment on our Batfleck episode, uh, Batman has a new Batcave under Wayne Manor that Superman didn't know about. He's talking about the Nightmare timeline, where... Uh, there's a Batcave under Wayne Manor where all the sort of Nightmare Resistance Justice League members are. Uh, and says, so there was going to be one under Wayne Manor at some point. We just didn't get to see it yet. So, okay. yeah, I mean, we, we were mainly talking about uh, the Batfleck stuff that was supposed to be a backstory. But, yeah, that's also uh, a legit thing to point out is that there was going to be a Batcave underneath the, the manor in that version. So uh, that's cool. Probably because this version of Superman, having visited Alfred, knows that location of the Batcave, and so Batman moves it to a different location, which is now the traditional version in the Nightmare timeline. So, that makes sense. Uh, next one comes from the Idiot Philosopher. <laughs> the Idiot you Philosopher said you turns, said about out, us. turns out Idiot Philosopher is not an idiot. Uh, brought, this user brought up, quote, technicality alert. Ben Affleck is the only actor to play both Batman and Superman. Uh, in live action, yes, that's that's true. Ben Affleck also played George Reeves, who dons the Superman outfit during his time uh, on the show in the movie Hollywood Land. So that is definitely true. So he's Batman, all right Superman, and Daredevil. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, last comment comes from Castiano Enrique uh, on our clip from the Batfleck episode saying, quote, I met you a few days ago. I'm listening to all the podcasts and enjoying it a lot from a new Brazilian fan. Did you, did you meet sh- him? Did you meet him? I don't know. Who, I didn't who. meet him. <laughs> I, think I, think him. He, I think he means virtually. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're big yes. in Brazil. If, yeah. I, thought he, I thought he was with you. I, I apologize. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, 
English might not be your native tongue. Uh, Cassiano, let us know which one of us uh, you're refer- you're referring to. But uh, yeah. maybe I don't know. Maybe I met him on Clubhouse or something. But uh, oh, yeah, let yeah. us know. So that's the, that's the only way I can think of where I would be interacting with somebody in a different country outside of our like social media and stuff. So uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Cassiano. Over to Andrew on thank the you. rest of our closing. Thank you, Cassiano. Your English is way better than my Portuguese. So. All right, um, let's uh, pull up those notes, which I just had, and they are filling in the gaps here. All right, thank you, everybody, for those comments, and also thank you to our Patreon supporters. They are Shasta, Leom O, Jose Arrocha, Super Inframan, Douglas P, Dan D, Aaron Willett, Nick Noir, Jesse E, Jeffrey R, Sketchcraft, Scott V, and Yuli. And we'd like to thank our other supporters. They support us in other ways. And they are Sparkageddon, SDCT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kookie Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B., Shamrock Balls. Where you been, Shamrock? I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> Ian H., Walter Wobot, John Wells, and Rye Guy. And please join the Shasta Army. That's the $1 tier. Gets you the shout-out. But really, everybody, it's about that $5 tier. You get the shout-out. Plus a whole other show, an entirely other show. If you want to listen to our beautiful voices twice a week, <laughs> Monday wow. and Friday every week, uh, it's there. That's the Patreon. Uh, Five dollar cancel cancel any time. We have Superhouse merch, superhero stuff you should know merch. Uh, that is at Redbubble uh, Superhouse Pod dot redbubble.com also tpublic.com slash user slash superhouse podcast 5000 also threadless superhero stuff pod dot threadless dot com please leave us a review on itunes please record us some sort of audio thing whatever you want on your phone send that to superhouse podcast at gmail.com that is our email and then uh, also please animate our sketches if you want um, just put the hashtag in the video itself somewhere through the entire duration of the video also that would be great <laughs> um and then also hashtag us let us know that you made it that'd be awesome but yeah i'm trying to take we're trying to take over tiktok everybody <laughs> so uh, <laughs> with animation <laughs> because everybody one, does that <laughs> one fan submitted cartoon at a time <laughs> yeah exactly we're taking over we'll make it <laughs> we're gonna make it <laughs> okay we really know how to deal with this seo everybody <laughs> but, okay um, I'm Thunderwolf Drew. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Thunderwolf Lives on all kinds of things, including uh, YouTube, ThunderwolfLives.com. And uh, that is it for me. Also, another thing, yeah, I'm working on a film along with... Zach is actually making the poster for it. Not going to say much about it right now. Ben will be a part of it eventually. Sorry, Ben, you're not just yet, but... (laughs) But you, <laughs> he quits. He quits. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> and that was it. That was a great run we had, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting back at him for not being a part of Early Bird. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> My vengeance is complete. <laughs> uh, no, but it's uh, it's called Amano Recon. A M A N O. 
Recon. That's all I'm going to say right now. It's going to be a little, you know, a plant the seed for now. So uh, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at SuperHousePod, as well as Instagram at SuperHeroStuffPod. Uh, my website is Ben Juan Ryder, and my YouTube channel is in the description below on uh, the YouTube side, I believe. Probably also on the uh, Spotify and other Zencast versions. But uh, anyways, you can also check out my <laughs> the comic book that Andrew was referring to, EarlEbird.com. That's Earl-E-Bird.com. That was... A uh, character's created by my friend who created that project <laughs> and had me as a writer. I had no idea that I could recruit anybody else onto it. Uh, <laughs> this is the funniest part of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right at the end, baby. <laughs> uh, my personal Instagram is Ben Juan Ryder, and you can also follow my son, my cat's Instagram. Alfie Pennyworth Cat, which leads us to announce, as well as usual, uh, that we are affiliates with Whiskerbox. If you have a That's furry right. feline friend, uh, Whiskerbox will help you out in providing toys, treats, all sorts of stuff for your little cat friend. And we also have affiliates with uh, Amazon and eBay, where you can get all sorts of stuff that we feature in our show. You can get, uh, you can actually get the Funkos here, the Batman of the Michael Keaton. The Grant Gustin Flash, as Woo. well as the uh, the Flash Celebration of 75 Years comic book collection that uh, they're Hell yeah. only one story out of for the upcoming Flash movie. Um, so you can get any of those at superhousepod.com slash shop. Also, uh, for any Snyder fans out there, we are on Vero now, and we need followers. <laughs> we just started on that. We would love to contact Zack Snyder to ask some questions that we've have brought up on the podcast uh one of my questions is in his mind did batfleck ever catch joe chill so i want to be able to ask him that uh on there but it would be nice if we had some people on our account as well so you can follow us we are there at superhero stuff pod on it we also and we'll put this either in the description below or the comments but we have a new thing called show notes show notes allow you guys to see a lot more of our sources of where we derive our information uh, YouTube clips of things that we're talking about, that we're referencing, and uh, especially if you are only listening off of, say, iTunes or Spotify and you don't get to see us in person, or not in person, uh, on the video in YouTube, you can check out the show notes show notes in the, uh, the link, and they'll take you to all sorts of visual stuff that you're not able to see while listening to the podcast, and you're not even able to see while watching us on YouTube, so check us out over there. Superhousepod.com over to you, I'm going to have to go to Amazon.com and get that book <laughs> so I can see those flying weenies for myself. <laughs> we got I a just, link just for you, man. That's right. I just got a, a discount for saying that. So, that's true. if you want to see more of my scribbles and drawings, you can go to ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com and you can follow me on TikTok, on, uh, not Twitter, not on there, TikTok, uh, YouTube's, and especially the Instagrams. Uh, just look for Zachary Jackson Brown Art, and you can just uh, soak it up, <laughs> sop it up nice. like a biscuit. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> Zach's art is behind me in the YouTube video, and well, majority of our YouTube videos is behind me with the column of jokers that are behind me. So, yes, uh, yes. <clears throat> thank you, Zach. As usual, thank you to everyone who's listening. As a bit of a preview, the next Justice League member who joins them on the rooftop of the GCPD is Victor Stone, aka Cyborg. And so, we're going to dive into the evolution of Cyborg's origin throughout comics and TV adaptations. And meanwhile, for the Patreon users this week, when Flash helps resurrect Superman, the Kryptonian computer says, quote, The future has taken root in the present. This is not a line in the comics when Superman was resurrected. It is a line from Merlin in the 1981 film Excalibur. In our what? Patreon episode this week, we'll dive into the influence of Excalibur and other films on Zack Snyder's Snyderverse DC films. So that is for you guys behind the paywall. Hey. I know Andrew's excited. So uh, <laughs> we have a favor to ask of you. Yes. Tell all your friends about us. Ben signing off. <laughs> That's supposed to be cooler. <laughs> I Fuck forgot. It up. I forgot about you doing that. So I was like, what the hell? I, I, I forgot about it.